You're listening to the Voicing Your Brand podcast, episode number eight. Welcome to Voicing Your Brand. I'm your host, Tammy Romani, and as a voiceover talent for more than 30 years, I've been a voice for many brands. But in today's digital marketing world, you've got to have your own voice for business. So now my mission is to help you learn how to use your voice for success by unlocking your authentic voice to tell your story and be heard. Are you ready? Welcome to the studio. I am super excited about my interview guest today because Kenya and I just have a history of less than probably two years, but in that time, I just see her blossoming so much and just helping so many people, and I'm super excited that she's joined us today to help you. Now, Kenya Kelly is an accomplished business executive, teacher, and inspirational speaker. She found her voice by writing and speaking about understanding your God-given purpose and living up to your fullest potential. She captures her audiences by conveying powerful lessons of overcoming fear, self-doubt, and divorce, to creating successful six-figure businesses utilizing her gifts and her corporate background. Kenya is the CEO of If You Brand It, a branding and consulting firm in Houston, Texas, where she strategically helps business owners go from the formulation stage of a business to developing million-dollar brands. She believes that branding is what people say about you when you're not around. So we need to tell them what to say. Now listen, that's her official bio, but I'm also going to say that Kenya is a friend, she's a colleague, she's just one of my favorite people, and she just loves God with all of her heart. She loves people, and it is her life's mission to help you. So I'm super excited. Let's get started with this interview today. Okay, Kenya, I am beyond excited to talk to you today, and I'll tell you why. I was just looking at my Instagram messages that we've been sending back and forth, (laughs) and apparently I messaged you not once, but twice, and said, girl, this is gold. You've got to be a guest on my podcast, and then, okay, yeah, let's do that, and then, of course, like I forgot, and a week later, oh my gosh, this is so good. You need to be a guest on my podcast. (laughs) So obviously, I've been watching you for a while. Um, Kenya is a friend. She's a colleague. She is, I mean, I introduced her already, but I just love the nuggets that you drop all over your social media. And so I want to take us back, though, because it's so easy for us to look at someone like you who is just shining right now. I mean, for goodness sakes, Shalene Johnson used your video <laughs> in her latest campaign, and you were front and center on my Facebook page every single time I opened it for about a week. How hilarious was that? But you have been talking about a time when you felt like your voice had been silenced, and I, I just want to take people back to encourage them if they're feeling that way right now, how did you begin to uncover this story that you're telling now and find your voice? 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm super excited. I'm gonna try to uh, maintain some of my excitement. Uh, but I'm so glad to be here. Um, I know for me personally, I grew up, I'm the fourth of three girls, and uh, four girls, and I've always had this thing, like this energy, this talky, talky, you know, and I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I spent years in network marketing, which puts you on stages and things like that as you excel. But what happened was that I didn't realize how much success could go to your head, how big of an ego you could get. And when that happened, how you could literally lose everything. And it wasn't until I lost everything, my car, my apartment, my pride, everything, and had to move into my sister's house, into her kid's bedroom, in her kid's bed. And so I just went back to work, got a job. And I think jobs are great. No disrespect to jobs. And that little entrepreneur thing just it just started to die and it just kept dying and kept dying and kept dying until I, one day I'm African-American and you know, when you grow up as African-American, they encourage you to put chemicals in your hair to make it straight because straight hair is supposed to be pretty, you know, I guess, I don't know how that all came about, but you know, and one day I just decided that I was going to cut off all my hair and let it grow out curly. Like that was crazy. Um, and I did. And when that happened, it just ignited something in me that was lost, that was dead. And this entrepreneurial thing just came alive. I decided that I was going to throw a hair show at a convention center, teaching people how to care for their hair. And I had no idea to care for my own and ended up having 1500 people show up, 60 vendors and all these big time people. And that is what told me that something was dead and it was coming alive. Okay, wait. Take me back. You, you finally decided you needed to just be you. So once you did that, your first event was 1,500 people? Yeah, 1,500 wow. people. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. my word. That must have been terrifying. You know, the crazy thing about it, it was not. I mean, it was, I started planning it in one month and in six months, all of that was there. What was the most scary thing was I had this big vision, these big expectations and this big faith and I had no money. I had no understanding of hair care, no experience with trade shows. I just knew that I could do it. And if I prayed about it, that God was going to do it. I just, I don't know where all that came from, but I was like, it's just going to be that. You know, and yeah. I think the scary part was, uh, I guess, when people in the industry were saying I was going to fail because I had no experience, but I was determined. I was like, I'm not thinking about y'all. I got this. Yeah. I love that you are taking us back to your first thing was hair care. Now, I've been hearing this from a lot of successful entrepreneurs lately. Uh, I think James Wedmore's first videos online were how to be a bartender. And, you know, so many people started with just what they knew at the moment. And you just knew, I'm doing this new thing with my hair. I need to share with people, right? Yeah. But I think so many of us see the end game now that with social media, we, we see everybody's highlight reel. We see what they're doing now. Yeah. Now I see you as this branding expert with a couple of companies under your belt and helping people to find clarity in their branding and their business. But you started with what you knew. Mm -hmm. And I just want to tell that to people because I get so many people that have, oh, I'm so multi-passionate. I have so many interests. I have no idea where to start. Can you speak to that? Like, how do you find what rises to the top to get the, the momentum started? 
Yeah. So one of the things that I always teach people um, is I believe that a person should have a job, a dream and a hustle. Right. Mm-hmm. And the job is what pays your bills every day. It's got that good health care, all that sustainability. The dream is the ultimate goal. That's where you're trying to go, where you're trying to end up. But the hustle is the thing in between the job and the dream that's going to give you the money to create where you're really trying to go. Like hair care, that's not my thing. You know, um, I've been in network marketing. That's not my quote unquote thing. What I really wanted to do is teach and consult and speak, but I needed the money in order to pay for that. So when someone has like this thing, I just really want to teach. I want to encourage, or I want to motivate, or I want to, whatever it is for you, there, there's an in-between stage. There is, here's where I'm trying to go, but I've got to have this thing in the middle to fund it. It reminds me of if you ever go to LA and you've never been there and you have, you stay there for a couple of days, you'll see how many people have multiple jobs, right? Multiple businesses, because they're all trying to get to this end thing and they're using the in-between jobs to fund those things. But we have to first identify in 10 years, in 20 years, where am I really trying to go? Where am I, what am I really trying to build? Where am I really trying to end up? And so for me, when I asked myself that question, I said, well, I know it's full-time ministry, but I don't want to be a broke minister. No disrespect to people that don't have money, but it was like, I want to serve God and do all these things, but that doesn't mean I have to be broke doing it. I have a creative mind. And mm-hmm. so I said, when I get to that place, I won't have time to run a business. So what can I create and set up now that I'm good at, that people are calling me for, that can pay me over and over and over again so that when I have a tribe of kids and a husband and the dog and all that, I'm not running around like crazy in my business because I created that thing before they showed up so that I have that time. So the person that has all these ideas, you have to ultimately sit down and say, all right, I know I'm good at basket weaving. I know I can cook. I know I can sew, whatever. But you have to ask yourself, okay, in 10, 20 years, what do I really want to be doing? And how much money do I want to make that's going to, you know, that I'm going to create this and it's going to make this amount of money because everybody's multi-talented. I don't care what, everybody's got multiple things, but you can't do all of them at one time. It's chasing five rabbits. You'll lose them all. But if you have a game plan for the end, you know where you're going. Yes. I I was actually talking to a coach recently who pointed it out this way. She drew a picture of an island with a little palm tree on it. And she says, okay, this is your goal. This is Paradise Island. This is either your income goal or whatever it is. She said, what I see you doing is building bridges to that goal, but you are building a bridge and it goes halfway. And then you go, oh, now I need to do this other thing. And so you build that bridge and it goes halfway. And then, oh, oh, here's another thing I need to do. And you're building this bridge. And she really spoke to me because that is the nature of a creative person. Mm -hmm. And to learn how to take one of those bridges all the way to that island, it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of focus. And it just takes putting all your other things aside and just zeroing in on that one thing. And as a multi-passionate creative myself, I, I could see myself in what she was saying. Mm-hmm. Me too. And so I love that you're going there. You know, you can still have all these passions, but something's got to rise to the top. And sometimes that process might take you a few years to figure out. 
Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and sometimes people feel like, oh, if I put it down, it's going to die. I'll never get a chance to do ABC. But I always explain to people that, well, you're never going to really get to do it if you don't have any money. You know, like if you really want to feed the poor, you can't feed the poor if you're poor too. Wow. You know, yeah. like, like I really want to help people escape human trafficking, but I'm like, Kenya, you can go and get somebody out of a place, but if you don't have a place for them to go or money to sustain, you're not helping them. You're hurting them. That's right. Right. They and I remind right myself, we have to do that. We have to do the thing that's necessary to sustain the thing that we really want to do. Right. So is there an exercise you bring people through? Like say someone likes, um, you know, a, a, a craft. They, they have mm -hmm. people maybe following them for their artistic ability. They teach art or they teach sewing or lettering or something like that. But they also love to cook and they're really great at that. Mm -hmm. Which is also a very viable thing that you could teach people to do and make money with. Right. Is there an exercise where you help people gain some clarity or is it just taking action on a few things? I know I've heard you talk about this, how action <laughs> created clarity for you. So yeah. I want to I wanna see how you came to your clarity. How did yeah. you leap from, I think I can teach people about hair to <laughs> making people's logos and being a branding expert that you are now? Yeah, that's a great question. So a couple of years ago, I invested in a coaching program um, and the gentleman said, what are the top three reasons why people call you? And I was like, what? He was like, if your phone rings today, what are the top reasons why they're calling? And I was like, um, business, branding, or prayer, right? Mm -hmm. And he said, if they're already calling you, that means that there's a group of people that will pay you. They're just not paying you because you're not charging for it. Hmm. And I was like, I, it, it, I just couldn't believe that that was even an option. I was like, no, I just, I've always done this and no one's ever paid. And he's like, well, that doesn't mean anybody would. It just means that you haven't valued it enough to put a price tag to it. And I then that's when the live stream came out and I was like, mm, I don't know if I still believe this, but I'll just come on. I'll just teach it. And I started getting this huge following of people. And I'm like, there's something to this. And I wasn't still wasn't getting paid. I was referring them to everybody else. And it finally hit me, girl, you's crazy. You need to put a price tag on it because you're paying everybody else and they're not giving you any money, you mm -hmm. know? And so if that were me and I was walking through someone this, like someone listened to the podcast, I would say, first of all, ask yourself, what are the top three reasons why people call you? Nope. They're not paying you for it right now. And your friends and family may never pay you for it because they're your friends and family. But the top three things is, is telling you, this is the thing that you've got that everybody knows is valuable. Right. And then you can choose one. It doesn't mean you choose that one forever but you choose that one for a season and you run with it. Mm -hmm. But before you run, you take and go, okay, I like to educate parents on how to take care of your kids or whatever, the single moms or whatever it may be. Well, you have to, before you launch out, you have to go, okay, you have to say it in your mind. I want to make money from this and I can't feel bad about making money. Otherwise, if you don't, you'll always have a nonprofit where you have no profits, <laughs> you know, 
yes. in the endeavor, <laughs> you know? So you have to say to yourself, I want to make money and I am going to charge. I'm going to feel weird and uncomfortable asking for $25, $50, an hour, but I'm going to do it kicking and screaming, right? Yes. And then you have to say, all right, in a year, two years, five years, this is how much money I want to be making from this. And you be honest with yourself. Don't think about Susie or John or Tiffany down the street. You have to look at yourself and say, this is how much I want to make. And it could be $30,000 a year. So once you have that number, then this is where you go, okay, if I'm making 30,000, what am I doing that's causing people to pay me 30,000? And that's how you come up with what you should be selling. And it's just an idea. Mm -hmm. From there, you backtrack and say, all right, who is it that I want to help? Because if you want to bring in $30,000 from products that are $100, you can't sell this to someone who has no money. You can't go and help the poor help you get to $30,000 because they don't have it. You can eventually start a nonprofit and help the poor, but your business, your endeavor has to bring in money. And so you have to target the group of people that can afford your product for the price that it's at to help you get the 30,000 and you can kill that and move on to the next thing three years later. Okay. That's exactly the process that I'm seeing so many people go through. And I, I thank you for explaining it that way, because when you look at your end goal, this is something that kept me paralyzed for a long time is I knew what my end goal could be and probably should be. And I didn't spend enough time reverse engineering that to, oh, the beginning thing is I just need to start talking about this, this mm -hmm. thing that I can help people with, this thing that people come to me for, which in my case is how do I like my voice? Or uh, the one incident that I think of the most is my one friend who had just written a book. She was a new author. And she said, I have this book agent who says I'm supposed to do Facebook Live and I don't like that. I don't like doing that. I don't like my voice. I don't like how I sound. And really, she never needed vocal coaching or anything. She just needed action. And the more she did it, the more comfortable she got. Was that hard for you? When you said when Livestream first came out, you were on there. Were you on Periscope at the time? Yes. The yes. I had a, yeah. They started out, on, all my friends were on Periscope. And I was like, this is stupid. Like, I don't, <laughs> you know, what are y'all doing? And, and why just, are people watching you just talk online? Right? <laughs> yes. I was like, what are y'all talking about? This is dumb. And they just kept on doing it. I kept getting their alerts. I'm like, there's something going on with this. And then I kept watching my friend Nicole. And I was like, wait a minute. She's pitching stuff. Mm. Are they buying? Like, what's going on? And finally, one day I said, let me just see what this is. And I went live on it because at that moment I was in network marketing. And so I was like, I just, just used to go live. And finally I realized there's something going on here. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do this anyway and figure it out as I come. And I watched my network marketing team grow and my sales increase. Wow. Just from being the person that people could come to for information. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. As scary as it was. Yeah. Yeah. So I think both of us would say to people, you just have to do it. You just have to take action. And it's not about how you sound. I know you and I have joked back and forth about this, <laughs> about your voice and how you thought no one would like your voice. And I've heard it from so many people. And like I said, 
what I do to help people become more comfortable in their voice is not so much technique as it is taking action. And the more you do, the better you get. Right. And the more comfortable you are, the more relaxed you are, the more your voice sounds like you and is your authentic voice. But when you first start out, you might have a lot of tension. You might not sound like yourself. People will hear you and say, that didn't sound like me talking to you the other day on the phone. Well, yeah, there's all this tension and nervousness. How did you get beyond that, Kenya? Well, you know what? I, I just realized that I was going to have to get past it. Like I, I didn't like how I looked on video. I didn't like how I sounded. Um, but I kept saying to myself, but they on here making money. And as self-conscious as I feel, they on here making money, <laughs> you know? And I just mm -hmm. kept saying they're making money, you know? And I was just like, can you just put some makeup on and just do it and just do it. And I was so afraid. I remember when I started talking about my relationship with God, I was like, oh my God, all these pastors and preachers that I follow on Facebook are going to see this. They're going to judge me. I'm going to quote the scriptures wrong. Oh my God. You know, and I was just like, I'm just going to do this. And if they're going to judge me, it's on them. You know, mm. I just kept having to say to myself, if I don't do this, I'm going to miss out on that quote unquote opportunity. Because every single time they always talk about getting ahead on Facebook or getting ahead with Apple or getting ahead with Microsoft. And I'm like, I don't know if this is the next that, but all I know is, is that here is something and I have to take the risk. I feel self-conscious. I feel like I'm going to fail. I feel like I'm going to fall out of my seat. I feel like I'm going to burp live on live stream, <laughs> you know, but I was like, I have to at least try this because if I don't, I will kick myself and say, I wish I would have. And I kept yes. saying it to myself. Yeah. Yes. You will. Yes. And, and I had to say that to myself too. And I, I will say that I've, you know, for over 30 years, I've been pretty much talking to myself in a padded room like this and mm -hmm. making the leap to putting a camera on myself was huge for me because of the same reasons you said, I really don't know anyone who isn't their own worst critic. Right. Right. We are all our own worst critics. And I had to tell myself this. When you're watching somebody go live, you're not saying, oh, look, they look heavy today, or boy, she really did her makeup wrong, or wow, no. I, I really wish they would have you know, put on a different top. Never, never. And no. no one is saying that about you. They are listening to the valuable information that you have to share and to teach them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's probably a few people that's judging us or whatever. Well, uh, whatever. Yeah, you have <laughs> you to know. get over that real fast. And that's, yeah. I find a big fear of a lot of people is what about those people? And I will tell you, it's, you know, so it's one, so you have a hundred people watch your video and one person says something. Unfortunately, the way our brain works is that's the thing we're going to zero in on and it's going to stop us. And it's just- right. I, I just really think it's a tactic of the enemy to keep us down. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I, I dealt just, with that. You know, I remember when I did, I did a broadcast because I had gone through a divorce and I, it took me years to talk about it. But mm -hmm. when I finally talked about it, I had a, a graphic, I was promoting it, overcoming divorce. And it was my most watched Facebook live. And it took me so long to do it because I was afraid that he was going to show up. 
I was afraid that, yeah, that people from the past would come on and say crazy things, you know, but I knew I had something to say. I knew I could encourage people and I didn't shame my ex-husband or anything, but I was so afraid. And finally I was just like, okay, I'm going to do this afraid, even though it could be catastrophic and nothing bad happened. I mean, I've got 2000 something views on YouTube and still no one has said anything negative, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, but we, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I said, we, there's a potential of anything. There's potential of Oprah showing up, you know, there's a potential of somebody saying something crazy, but at the end of the day, you still have to do it anyway. You still have mm-hmm. to feel the fear and do it anyway. You could, like I said, I could fall off the chair. I could burp. I could scream. I could, anything could happen. But what I was looking at more more than anything was, here's all the negative, but what's the positive that could come out of this, you know? And I just did it. And most people, once you do it the first time, you realize, oh, it's not so bad. And then you do the next one and the next one. It's just hitting that live button the first time. And you realize there's more people for you than are against you. Oh, absolutely. And I do think most people, most people are encouragers and they like to see the human yes. side of us. As yes. a matter of fact, lately there's a new trend on Instagram stories where some people are putting more produced videos on there and I click right past those mm-hmm. because I don't feel like it's their true self. It's their mm-hmm. edited self. Yes. But if you just you know turn the camera on yourself for 15 seconds, and I do want to say Instagram is a great place to, to practice that because it's only saved for 24 hours in your story. <laughs> how many people yes. can see it? I mean, how, you know, what harm can it be? Uh, yes. Do you have a, a favorite social media platform? You've kind of, I don't know if you've left Periscope behind or if you're still doing all of them, but what one has really risen to the top for you to give you great engagement and results? Yeah. So for the first two years of my business, and it still is, it's Facebook. Um, I find that because with Facebook, I have an agency and so I'm always selling something with links. So when I'm live on Facebook, I have my links. People can comment, they can share, they can click and buy. And I find a lot of results there. But I have found myself spending a lot more time on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I still do my live streams on Facebook, but I'll spend a lot of time on Instagram stories because I can share those 15 second clips that you're talking about, give little nuggets that go away. I can see who's engaging because when people watch my videos, I, every day I go through and see who's liking, who's watching, who's doing what on my Instagram stories. Um, and even when I ask questions, I can see what's all happening there. Now, I wish I had 10,000 followers where I could do the swipe up feature, mm-hmm. um, but I'm watching my numbers climb as a result and I'm having more fun on Instagram because I love, I'm very expressive and I love all the gifs, all the, the little funny little things you can do. And my audience just seems to really, really enjoy what I'm doing on stories. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I love it. I, I never miss your stories because you drop so many knowledge bombs in the middle of your fun stuff. And here's what I'm doing, you know, to get you for even 45 or 60 seconds of a teaching moment, you, yeah. you seem to plan that in every day, even if it's just your voice. I will say that, you know, we'll do another episode about social media and how to choose that. But I love Instagram for that reason is that it's so versatile and in 15, you know, you can do almost anything for 15 seconds. Yes. And even if it's you pointing the camera at a tree in your yard and just talking, people can hear your voice and you've got Mm -hmm. something to share and something to teach. 
Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like what you said about the, the not having the, the perfect things on your, on your stories or on, or on any of your posts. One thing I learned when I saw Shalene, when she did this recent launch, a lot of her stuff was not professional. Like she did some things from on her Instagram story. I mean, she had things, she was crawling on her bed and I said, <laughs> why did she do that? And I was like, Oh yeah, we live in a reality TV world and people are used to the polish, but they would love to see behind the scenes because mm-hmm. the highs of seams is what's making them feel the no like and trust factor thing faster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, huh, if I show up with my robe on today, they don't mind. If I show up looking dolled up, they don't mind. So I'll just do it all at the same time. And it's not invasive. They don't know all my secrets, but they may feel like they know my secrets because of the little things that I share. Yeah, yeah. So I, I totally agree. And I have a funny Shalene story. Um, for those of you who don't know, Shalene Johnson, Kenya and I are both in her Marketing Impact Academy. And uh, there is great power in DMing, which is the direct message feature on mm-hmm. Instagram and Snapchat, even with a huge influencer. I have heard back from people such as Lewis Howes directly. Wow. I have actually booked work with Shalene Johnson's team because I messaged her on Snapchat. Wow. So don't neglect the personal relationship that you can set up with someone through the messaging system that is in these platforms, much better than Facebook. You can direct message an influencer. Sure, someone from their team might respond to you, but I'm finding more and more that it's the actual person Mm -hmm. with a million followers who is handling that account, that personal account. Mm-hmm. And um, she, she does tell a story about how important it is to, you know, be yourself. And she has a couple of really interesting stories. You know, she's, she's been known in the past for being a beach body instructor. So she has created exercise videos. That's really where she gained a lot of her notoriety before she started teaching marketing and all that. And she had an incident where there was a, her latest beach body program was not selling. They had a very, they'd spent beach body had spent just probably hundreds of thousands of dollars on producing this video. And it wasn't selling in the, I don't know if I probably an overnight infomercial or something. And she said, let me try something. And she said, you're not, you're, you're going to be shocked, but I'm just going to talk to people. I'm just going to use my phone and I'm going to talk to people and tell them about this program. And that year, that video that she just pointed her phone at her face and she did it in her living room. Hey, you know, this is Shalene. I want to tell you about this, you know, thing I've created. That video is the most watched infomercial in the world. Wow. It's an amazing story. And I will never forget. I actually, I live in Southern California where she lives and I actually saw her. If you follow her at all, you'll hear her story about her brain health. And I was in Dr. Daniel Amen's office and she walked in and I went, Shalene. It was before I had met her personally. And she looked at me like, should I know you? (laughs) But I felt like, I felt like we were BFFs, you know, even though she'd never known me before, which is funny. Now I do know her somewhat. Not personally, but you know, I've seen her several times and she has actually hired me for a couple of things. So don't discount relationships that you can form through social media. I felt like I knew her. (laughs) 
and you want people to feel like they know you and and yeah. if they see you in public they go hey how are you and you can look yeah. at them like okay where have i have i met you should i yeah. and her response was perfect because she just looked at me like big smile and went should i know who you are <laughs> <laughs> so funny. You're like, yes. <laughs> what? You don't, you don't know. You don't know that I'm watching you. It's, it's really odd. You know, my husband thinks it's crazy. It's almost like, you know, like legal stalking kind of thing. Yeah. But it's, it really is in this day and age, it's almost impossible to do business, even a brick and mortar business without creating a personal connection with your audience. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's again, the like, no and trust factor and yeah. the people that stay cold, the people that say, well, I'm not doing that on social media or will f unfortunately find themselves like Blockbuster. Blockbuster yeah. didn't, didn't make changes. And guess what happened? Yeah. They're no longer in business. Right. Right. And yeah. we were just talking the other day about Kodak, which I think is barely hanging on. Oh. You know, they, they didn't see the digital film, the, the digital thing coming and they, you know, they lost out. Blockbuster wow. didn't see the digital thing coming. Yeah. No, you know, people will still want to come and look. No, they really don't. They don't have that right. kind of time. Yeah. So if you have something to offer, you know, you can sell to the world. There's 2 billion people on Facebook. <laughs> if you even have a thousand of those buying from you, you've got an income. Right. Right. You've got a great yes. income. So I think the hesitancy is... First of all, we, we turn on ourselves because we are our own worst critics Yes, and we spend months and possibly years spinning our wheels and not taking action. Yeah. And it's all out of fear. It's all out of fear. It's all out mm -hmm. of fear. So what's your best mantra that you tell yourself to get over the fear? Do you just, are you just tough love all the way? No, I, um, you know, I have my moments of, I, I cry a lot and I, it's not always cause I'm sad. <laughs> you know, I, I pray and I cry pretty much every morning. Sometimes it's in, in thanks, sometimes it's out of fear. Um, but I'm always reminding myself that Kenya, like the worst that could happen is that you could fail, but the best that could happen is I become everything that I say that I want to be, you know, yeah. and I have to remind myself that every single day, Every time I have to make a move, every time I have to pitch, I'm like, the worst that could happen is nobody buy. When I try to do an interview or I pitch someone for, you know, a podcast or something, I'm like, the worst that could happen is they could say no, but the best yes. could be yes. And I just always remind myself, you said you want this. So this comes with this and I just do it. But I, you know, I cry, I call friends, I call mentors, you know, I'm bold and all that, but I still got my own fears. Mm -hmm. But I would rather risk it and fail than never try and fail automatically. Yes. And I will say that I, my last pod, uh, my recent podcast, I think it was episode number four, I talked about the things that I've let hold myself back. And one of the first ones was I've been a voiceover talent for over 30 years where it's a very anonymous job. Mm -hmm. So putting something out there with my name on it, it felt so vulnerable. It just, yeah. it was just so hard. But I will say that getting first into network marketing as my first foray into a public kind of a venue and talking about products that I love and really believing in a company, that was the beginning for me as well. 
And I could you speak to that a minute? I, I want to tell people that if you really, really are struggling, find a good network marketing company that can begin to train you and begin to pull you out. But you've got to believe in the products and you've got to use the products. You can't just pick a random thing. It's right. going to be something that connects personally to you or no one will believe a word you're saying. But yeah. for me, that's what happened. And that, over the course of a couple of years, brought me to this place of, I could do even more than this. I could help even more people. And I don't know if I'd be where I am now if I hadn't started there. For me, that was my first bit of taking action. Yeah, mine too. Uh, I, I started in network marketing in, was it 2002? And I didn't really understand uh, what all happens as a result of network marketing. But when I look back and anytime someone's asking me, oh, what could a side hustle be? You know, I'm always like, network marketing, it's the greatest business school you could ever enroll in for a small amount of money. Now, mm -hmm. you do have to be mindful of the one that you choose. They're all great, but you have to stand behind it. You have to put your name on it in front of it. You have to sell and recruit people, but it literally will teach you so much about running a business like mm -hmm. it will teach you how to speak because you have to learn the products you have to sell the products when you recruit people in your business you have to one recruit them then you have to teach them how to recruit you have to do presentations for them like the level of confidence that I had mm -hmm. before network marketing is drastically different because I was forced to get in front of the room and speak about legal services and then recruit people and then do the weekly meetings, then do the monthly trainings. Then they had me on stage of 12,000 people, but <laughs> I couldn't have gotten on that one without getting into the living room first. Yes. You know? And yes. so going into live stream now, it wasn't necessarily easy at first. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, what could happen? But it was easier because I started out in a place that was basically safe because in network marketing you have someone that recruits you someone's right there with you they're teaching you this presentation you go to the presentations and you learn all the everything it I just feel like it's the greatest side hustle slash business school on the planet and you barely invest you won't invest a hundred thousand you bear you won't invest ten thousand probably not even five thousand yeah. um, to get into a company and you could make a lot of money and learn and become the powerhouse that you are and whatever you want to be in Mm -hmm. Yes, it, it definitely puts you on the path towards action and leadership, or you'll yeah. get nothing off of it. You know, it's not, yeah. hope is not a strategy. I keep hearing this. So I keep hoping that this company will blow up for me. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? You know, right. what action are you taking? So it really does teach you that if you don't take action, you won't get paid. But I will <laughs> also say, and again, we can have a whole other discussion about just network marketing or MLMs, whatever you want to call them, um, and, and branding. But very first is you're not that company. You are still you and people are coming to you because they trust you and your opinion about the thing that you're representing. It's just yep. like any affiliate marketing. Uh, I recently was an affiliate marketer for someone who has a Facebook program that I really believe in. I don't teach people how to make Facebook ads. I learn from her. So, of course, I, it was very easy for me to talk about her and her brilliance and get paid for it. 
Right. So it's the same kind of a thing. People were believing on my recommendation that they could learn what they were hoping to learn from her. And that's right. how affiliate marketing works. So truly, if you want to rename network marketing, affiliate marketing, go ahead because it's <laughs> yes. pretty much the same thing. Yes, absolutely. It's just you make a whole lot more money potentially in network marketing because now you've yeah. got the products, you've got the team. It's like, yeah. oh my God, it's just, it's amazing the amount of money yeah. you can make in network marketing. That's true. That's true. So yeah, so all of you out there, I'll tell you what I was not prepared for. I had no idea because I'd never been involved in anything like this is there's a fair amount of, of, of mm, hatred and vitriol out there from people who don't understand uh, the the business structure of it and how it works and how it is just simply affiliate payments and I, I don't I don't really want to get into all that now but that that set me back a bit because I was like oh this is some people think this is bad how is that possible right you know <laughs> so yeah. you know naive me but I do credit that to really kind of breaking me out of my shell in terms of giving me some confidence, giving me some steps to take, giving yeah, yeah. me a concrete, like you said, it's like business 101. And that is what brought me on this, began this whole journey for me. So I really, I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna stop us right there because there's so much more to come. There is so much more to come, but I feel like we need to tackle this on another day. So absorb everything you can from today and come back next week when we will continue this conversation with Kenya and she will be explaining to us the science behind branding and how you can brand yourself and even choosing colors and fonts and things like that to get the response that you desire. I totally geek out over the science behind this kind of stuff and I think you will too. So I hope you'll join us next week. But listen, I got a bug to put in your ear. If you are an empty nester, isn't that a terrible phrase, a bug to put in your ear? But anyway, I'm old enough and I can say that because I'm an empty nester. If you are an empty nester or maybe you will be one in a few years, I want you to know about a new Facebook community that I've started. It's called Building Empty Nest Empires and it's for the empty nest mama who has a burning desire to discover what's next. This is where I was about seven or eight years ago. So if I can shorten that learning curve for you, I think that's what we are going to be exploring. So if this is you, or you know someone who might like to join this growing community of women on a mission, go to tammyromani.com empire, and that will take you right to the Facebook group. Now, I don't know where this is going to end up going, but it will be fun to find out, don't you think? So I hope you'll join me building empty nest empires. And for all of you who are not empty nesters, you're welcome to join us here on this podcast. We also have a community for you on Facebook called the Voicing Your Brand community, of course. Hope to see you there. And you know, all this information that I've been talking about can be found on the show notes. You can go to TammyRomani.com slash VYB008. We'll get you everything we've talked about today on this podcast and maybe a little bit extra too. I hope you have a great week ahead and I will see you next Tuesday. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye.